and welcome to the This Way Out podcast, a part of the This Way Out project. My name is Miguel Mata, and I would like to personally thank you for tuning in today to share some of your valuable time. This podcast is all about being a source of positive energy and messages. Here, I try to help those struggling with issues that can weigh heavily on the mind and make the world we live in seem like a dark and impossible place. I do this by sharing advice from personal experience, through stories from ordinary people who have overcome their own challenges, and other uplifting stories to help shed some light on the world we live in. In the end, my mission is to support you and help you feel better about yourself and your surroundings. All I'm asking for is a chance. Let's get started. How's it going? Welcome back to This Way Out. Um, very, very special interview today with a very special individual and uh, one that I've been looking forward to for a very long time, actually, uh, because for a lot of reasons, it's an opportunity to, to learn new things, learn new things about the world, et cetera, so on and so forth. But I, I, I was, I'm already getting ready to go on a tangent. Before I do so, let me allow my guest to introduce herself. If you wouldn't mind, please introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Janessa Leatherwood. Um, I used to work with Miguel. I was stationed at Grand Forks with him back in, for, I don't know how many years we were together. Um, <laughs> it was a long, long time ago. Yeah. In the early 2000s. <laughs> yeah. It seems like a lifetime ago. Um, I am a uh, male female transgender. Um, back when you knew me. Uh, my name was Josh, um, which is the person you remember, or the name you remember me being under. Um, but now I'm going through my transition. Uh, the VA's doing the procedure or the process, and yeah. Well, Janessa, thank you very much for being on my little project my little show here um i really 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 have been looking forward to, to sitting down with you and and talking to you um and now that i have this project going on i especially wanted to have this discussion because one especially it's an opportunity for me to learn i'm always open to learning new things learning about um i think i explained a little bit in my in our conversation yesterday in our little pre-interview that we have um, you know I'm always open to learning new things and and expanding my bubble right I know I we all live in these bubbles right and I'm always looking for opportunities to kind of grow the the world that I live in and when I learned that you were would I call it transitioning or, or is it transitioned transitioning it's a process right it's still in it's still it in process right well when i learned that you were transitioning you know i i be, i was curious because there's so much that that um there's so much out there on on the subject of transgender people people who are who are transgender um but i don't i don't know anything about it and i was hoping that you could talk a little bit about it and you know one enlighten me and to my small following of people who who um watch my show you can enlighten them and then maybe possibly talk a little bit about your challenges and maybe give somebody out there who could hear this in the future some hope and mm -hmm. act as a little bit of an advocate for your for this uh for the subject matter for this this for this for this very thing mm -hmm. so thank you again thank you again um so yeah as you explained when you and i knew each other you were josh mm -hmm. and i think the very first question that i had was or that i have the very first question that i have is that you know i've heard uh, with people who are transgender that they feel like they were born in the wrong body right they feel like they're right. born yeah in the wrong body like it doesn't fit what's what's what you're thinking and what you're saying are two different things was that mm -hmm. the case in, in in your situation it was um 
around the time I was like five or six, I would, you know, play games by myself and I would always imagine myself as being in a female role. Um, I never felt comfortable with like a playhouse with friends or my sister or whatever. I never really felt comfortable playing like the brother role or the dad role. Like I didn't feel like I knew how to handle that role. And I had a baby doll that was like my favorite toy. And like I never felt like a male uh, caretaker to it. It was always more of a maternal caretaker to it. Right. Um, I mean, I never really expressed that because I'm from Louisiana. That's not something you can really tell people. But um, just me, myself, I was always way more nurturing with it. Like, I, I learned how to swaddle and I was always more care uh, concerned with making sure the baby was properly held and making sure the baby was properly swaddled up, making sure you know, I knew how to change a diaper, like making sure to do all the important stuff. And, um, I mean, I had, I had my boys with this too. Like I like T-Man, uh, Ghostbusters, Ninja Turtles, stuff like that. But I'd always still gravitate back to baby dolls, to uh, Barbies. My sister had Barbies and I played with them all the time. Like, um, Jim, I love Jim. Jim was always fun. Um, and I mean, I just you said that was when you were about five or six. Are mm -hmm. you? Is that that's when you? But is that are those your first memories of like having thoughts about uh, female versus male roles, like being? Yes. Yeah. And this was, I mean, that was you know, mid to late eighties, early nineties, around that time frame. And so that's not something that you know the whole gender. The gender spectrum any of that stuff none of that stuff was like really discussed or even really heard of more or less not the way that it is today but you so, were having conscious thoughts about it like yeah there's something going on here i feel you felt different mm -hmm. did it feel i was gonna say wrong but did it feel wrong or like what was that what was that like yeah i mean it just did it did not feel like I should be in that body like it it just did not feel it didn't feel like the outside match like in my head I knew what I should be seeing I knew I should be wearing more feminine clothes like I'd see my sister in dresses and I would think about that I'm like oh what would that be for me to wear um I had a lot of female influence in my life between my grandma and my mom and all that stuff and I would see you know when doing laundry and stuff, the laundry, I would think about that kind of stuff. Like just thinking about the aspects of feminine apparel and being like, okay, like I want to wear that stuff. I want to know what it's like to wear that stuff. Like why, why don't I get to wear that? Like, right. It doesn't like, I should be getting to wear that because it's, that's what I feel comfortable with wearing. Right. right. And, I mean, there was nothing at all, like, sexual about it. There was no, you know, anything like that. It was just straight up, like, I should be wearing those kind of clothes. I should be getting to do that. Right. Interesting. Um, so you're, you know, you're five or six, and those, and those conscious thoughts start entering into your mind. Did you, you know, you said you were, you were looking at, or you just mentioned about apparel. Was there any like experimentation taking place? Yes, I would. I'd, I had to keep it a secret because I knew it would never be a good thing to be found out. But um, I would, you know, try on different clothes, and I, I liked the way that it looked. I liked the way it, that they felt. It felt natural. It didn't feel like I was doing something wrong to me. And other than the fact that I knew it would not be. It would be wrong in their eyes, right? But to me personally, it didn't feel wrong, right? Um, That's where you were comfortable. You felt comfortable, right? Right. Whereas you know, if someone like if, if I took my son right now and I put him in a dress, he would not be comfortable. Like he would be like, "Get this thing off of me!" Like no, right? I was like, 
this feels good. This feels right. This is natural. Mm, um, you know, when boys are in that age range and you give them something girly, usually they act out like super sheepish and like, oh no, get that away from me. That's girly. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, I like this. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I know it just felt, it felt right. It felt like it should be. That me. felt like, yeah, like, like that felt like it was right for you. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Do you mind sharing um, a little bit of the story where you did get exposed? Like your your, you know your I don't know if it, what what fam what part of your family it was, but you got found out kind of that this was happening. This was your teenage years, I think. Yes, um, I did get caught, you know, cross dressing, and the first reaction and the big reaction was like, oh my god, you're gay, like you have to be, or if you're wearing girls clothes, the guy, you, you're gay. Like, what's what's wrong with you? Why are you doing that? Um, that's, that's like sick. That's not something that you should be doing. Um, that was like the first and biggest reaction. It was just a instant, you know. They were appalled. It seemed like they were appalled yes. by it. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. How did that make you feel? I felt mortified. Like, I mean, and I felt mortified because I knew the stuff they were saying was wrong. Like, I knew the what when they were saying that's sick and messed up. Like, I knew it wasn't. Like in my head, I'm like, no, it's not. Like, not. Like, I, I was more mortified that they found out, and that's their reaction right. than. Like, I didn't feel shame for doing it. And, you know, it was never a question of sexuality because sexuality and gender identity are two different things. Right. Um, so it was never anything like that for me. And it was just like, I knew that was going to be a reaction that would be had just because I knew my family. But. Like, I didn't get the, what they were trying to purvey to me of their way they felt about it. It did not come across to me that way. It was more like a... So at the risk of, I don't want to open any doors to to do any bashing, but just uh, just throwing the question out there. You're you're from Louisiana. I imagine you come from a a strict conservative background. These are, these are, um, are they very religious people? Yes. Very so Baptist. Traditional, yeah. So it's not exactly um, very understanding of of that, I would imagine, which is yeah. probably what where the what motivated a lot of their reaction, I, I would imagine. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. So you get you get quote unquote found out that this is happening. What was your what was your relationship like did you kind of just did you kind of just bottle it up and i mean these are your teenage years so you you still got to continue to live with your family you know how did you manage that um just was more careful and go on because you know what are you gonna do like right you know it's not going to be okay and it's like at a certain point you're like no you can't stop it just because you you know you found something that's right and right i'm going to ask you a question i don't i'm not trying to upset you here this is just Uh, just pops into my head here but you've got what makes um because i'm sure i'm sure you 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 explored this some when you were at that age especially i'm sure you've heard about fetishes Mm -hmm. what what was different in your mind that you know between a fetish and what you were experiencing what you were going through a lot of and i've done this the research on it too and a lot of people uh transgender people um I just answered my own question, actually. 
because you, you've already answered that question. So go ahead. I'm sorry. It's, I just yeah, realized it's kind of a dumb question, but go ahead. No, no. <laughs> it's not a dumb question. It's just it's yeah. clarification. Um, a lot of transgender people who are in situations like that where they know they're not going to be supported do end up turning to cross-dressing. And it it is repressed enough that it does turn into... Um, it's actually called uh, transvestic fetishism, which is um, having a you know sexual thrill for wearing the opposite sex clothing. Right. Um, and it's just becomes one of those things where it's like, I know I can't be doing this. And, you know, it just becomes something you're doing because you know you're not allowed to. Right, right. Therein, I guess, is kind of the fetish, but you just explained that it's not a sexual thing. It's not about arousal. It's about natural feeling comfortable Mm -hmm. being you, being who you are. So that's where I I realized I was like, you just said it's not about arousal. It's not about it's not a it's not a sexual thing. It's not about sexual arousal. It's about being who you are. So once again, you know, like I said, I'm I'm learning here. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to learn. So. You know, just to get back on track, that was those are your teenage years, and here you are at, you know, however old you are. I'm not going to ask, not yet. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll be relevant later, but you know, here there's, but there's a significant amount of time between that period and and where you are now, and still long a lot along the way that I'm sure you've experienced. I know that, you know, when you were when we were um, stationed together in the mm-hmm. early 2000s, whenever that was. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. We both we both left Grand Forks in 2010, so it would have been somewhere mm-hmm. between 05 and 10. Anyway, and I knew you was Josh. Even then, you know you were going through this. You were still dealing. You were you were dealing with this. You were. Mm-hmm. This was all ongoing in in your in your mind. Your in your life. You were struggling right. with this thing. I mean, I would imagine you're you're a grown up at that point. You're an adult at that at that point. It, it can't be too much behind closed doors. I don't know. What, what, what was it like then? I mean, you still have that fear of, of getting caught because it's just now coming into the limelight like over the last few years um, where it's becoming more and more accepted to an extent. I mean, there's still a long way to go. But... Um, even back then, you know, that's just not something that people saw and experienced. And um, plus, the attitude of the military back then too was hugely different than what it is today. Um, so there's that fear of, okay, if I get found out I'm wearing women's clothes, are they going to assume homosexuality and get the boot for don't ask, don't tell? Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's that fear. And then, right. of course, you know, what what's going to happen if you get found out and then it gets back to the family? Like, there's still that constant fear. And then, plus, working in the maintenance field, right. um, that's a whole nother... Right, um, yeah, yeah. A lot of type A's, a lot of type A's in that field. <laughs> how, how's, how's that going to go over? Right, right, know, yeah. They find out. So, um, it's, it was just like, I felt more free to be able to explore in private. And once I got stationed at Grand Forks and got on my own, I started to be able to branch out and start purchasing stuff and start having a little collection of lingerie and stuff like that that I could do in private but it was still very much a lock away repressed thing like even then the thought of transitioning never crossed my mind is something i'll ever be able to do um because like i just never had that support like i knew i never had any kind of backbone to help me be able to push forward through right any trials and tribulations i was going to be facing with it so Right. Um, it always existed in the back of my head, but it was never to the point of in the realm of possibility. Right. Well, I mean, it, it, back then, especially, it wasn't. It wasn't real common. It wasn't real. 
really talked about. So I would imagine at that at that time, at least for you, it wouldn't even be an option because it wasn't known to be an option. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Now you mentioned that you have a twelve-year-old. Um, you have you have kids. You you you've been married before. Mm-hmm. Had you know the uh, played the role of dad. Had kids. Mm-hmm. What was it? How was how was that? How'd you manage that? Not like how'd you manage manage that sarcastic, but how yeah. did you manage to get through that period? The period before the period, like well, I mean, that, like, you get you which... get married, you know, you 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 find someone, a companion, a partner, mm-hmm. right, a potential soulmate, mm-hmm. um, but you still have this thing lingering in your. You still have this conflict, if you will, mm-hmm. take going on in your in your psyche, for lack of a better word, I guess. How did you manage being a husband, being married, you know, having a family? Um, it's it's something I told them about upfront, like early on in our relationships, and I would say, hey, um, you know, I'm into. I always phrases um into cross dressing because. I didn't necessarily have the words for it at the time either, because, um, like I said, like we both said, there's no, there was no real conversation about it. So I didn't have the full words for it at the time either, and I didn't want them, you know, stumbling across a drawer full of laundry and being like, "Yo, what is this?" Right, right. So I was, I was upfront about it, and, and I told them early in the relationship that, hey, and. The response I'll get is, okay, that's great. That's something you can do. Uh, you know, I still love you, but I like you as a man, not a woman. So, um, it would be something that they supported to an extent, but it was still that you can do it, just go do it up there. Never let's do this together I mean never like a let's see how this can go it was always just a you know let's keep this totally private and leave it at that and I've never really been the overtly masculine type of person anyway so I mean I always kind of fell into the more feminine role of the relationship and all the relationships I've been right. in as far as just I've always been the cook even though the people I have been with can cook most of them really good but I'm always been the cook like I'm always in the kitchen I um, take care of the house and these are things. these are like just just so that for clear just for clarification like those are traditional traditional roles that would have been considered in a in a long you know back then especially would have been considered female roles right now maybe not so much you know yeah. understood right. that it's it's probably more understood that anybody could do either role you mm-hmm. know whatever all that stuff but back then especially you know those what you're talking about would have been considered more feminine roles this is an all all sensitive show, you know. What I mean? <laughs> no offense, no offense. Right, right, right. But either way, you know those those were you were more passive. You were just passive, and you were yes. And you know you were you were more open to be a kind of a caretaker, if you will, yes. which would have been traditionally feminine role versus the quote unquote breadwinner masculine like you said the type a i don't know yeah for yeah for lack of better right i mean just to define the traditional masculine feminine roles of a relationship yeah right, right. i've always been the traditional feminine role of the relationship in right. any aspect you know and you've been married more than once yes was it the was it the lifestyle or the you know this what you're what you were going through as as someone who was dealing with this this transgender um 
I don't know how else to explain it other than conflict, because there must have been a conflict in your own mind, you know what I mean? Some sort of conflict in your own mind. But was that, you know, I'm not trying to open any, reopen any wounds here, was was that a part of, was that the reason behind your, your, your separations or a little more to it? Was that a, a contributing uh, factor? I don't think so. I mean, it could have been underlying without realizing it. At the time, I mean, if I look back on it in hindsight, I might be able to find find it. But just so they were supportive, generally speaking, they were very they were supportive of your of this to an extent. Okay, okay. They they didn't completely shut me down to it, right? Like I had been before, but it was always a keep it to yourself, more or less, and okay. a limit too, like. I did get told a few times, like, you're doing that too much. Like, you don't need to do that so much. Like, they almost got afraid that I was going too far into. Right. So. Well, let's, let's, let me try to, I'm going to try to lighten this up a little bit, get into a little bit happier, a little bit, a little bit lighter. You have kids. How many kids do you have? We have four together total. I have three and then my wife has one. So you have a you have a young a young boy. How old is he? He's gonna be nine on the twenty first. And then the other two that you have. All are... three girls. All three girls are twelve. They're seven months apart total. Um. Emily's gonna be thirteen in August, and then Aiden, which is Maddie's daughter, is gonna be thirteen in January, and then Haley will be thirteen in March. So they're spread out, but. All the same age. How do they? <laughs> yeah, especially that that age, twelve, thirteen. <laughs> mercy, mercy. Um, how are they handling? You know, how do they deal with with this? Are they? Are they? Is it? Is it a, a point of contention, or are they accepting? Are they understanding? They are extremely understanding. They are to the point of like the girls will fight somebody if they got something to say. Like they don't they don't put up with nothing like if they, if they they'll look around while we're out and if they see somebody giving me a side glance they'll be like <laughs> tapping me and say hey that person looks you like that again we about to fight like they don't even play um zach is more he's he's chill he don't really care it's just like whatever like he'll go over into people's house and he'll be like oh yeah uh, my dad um she's transgender and i mean he has no no qualms. It's just like totally like whatever. Yep, my dad. She's trying to her, and yeah. it's just normal. With it. Yeah, it's just yeah. he's happy that I'm happy, and it doesn't. He he gives me my shots every week. Right. If, if he's if he's paying attention that I'm doing it, right. he will run in there and demand to give me my shot. Like he likes to be a part of it. Yeah, I mean, they're, but they're but your kids are happy. They seem mm-hmm. to be uh, doing well. I mean. um a and B, a B students, yeah. yeah, super smart, yeah. super. Yeah, there you go. Good job. Um, just, just curious. To your knowledge, they don't get any. They don't get a hard time at, at school about or anything like that, do they? No. I mean, they've never mentioned it. Right. Um. Nobody. They've never said any. I mean, all the the kids that come around here in the neighborhood. None of them have an issue with it. Right. Um, and they have friends that come time. over and stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah. Lot of the kids come over here and good. I've had a few of the kids kind of look at me and <laughs> and then Zach will Zach will call me dad and they'll kind of stop and look at me because I, I'm feminine enough now that even if I'm not wearing makeup or anything, so when Zach says dad, then they kind of like pause and look and they're like, wait, what? Why do you call? Why do you say dad? And they're like, like that's my dad. Right. And they're like, but you said she, and he's like, yeah, she's transgender. And then, mm. then the kids would be like, oh, okay. But we haven't had any anybody get banned from our house no or, or nothing like that. No. Well, that's good though. That's good. That's really good. Is there is there drama with with your family back home? Yes. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Sorry. <Yes. laughs> well, I mean. I always knew they're with me, so it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
you can't change the way people think. You can only do what you can do and right. be happy. And I mean, all I've done at this point is say, hey guys, look, I'm happy, I'm healthy, and I'm doing okay. And if that's all you should ever want for your child. And right. if, if that's not good enough, then, you know, I... Is that something you still struggle with, or are you are you in a good place? As I'm far in as a good your relationship place. with your family. I mean, it's it's always gonna suck, right? But I, I don't dwell on it. I don't let it. Right. Okay. I mean, there's no point, and I, I would miss out on too much of life if I sit there and just dwell on it. Right. Very true. Very true. I don't want to um, necessarily get into the drama per se, but yeah. I can only imagine that it's it's been rough. I yeah, can, I can kind of read it on your face just by bringing it up. So we won't. We, we I don't think it's necessary to kind of dive into it, you know, uh, for the purposes of this of this show. Maybe somebody who watches this later and they want to get in all up in your business, they can, you know. About well, if you let them. But <laughs> if somebody if somebody needs help and support and wants to talk through stuff, I'm more than happy to go through anything right. with them. But yeah, I'd rather not, you know put everybody on blast on this right right yeah yeah obviously obviously i i'd like to if i could um your your current relationship because you're married right now right. um i'd like to talk about that a little bit how did you meet we met online um in 2016 and i was still i wasn't transitioning at that point but i had actually started honestly thinking about it before right before i met her um we i um like i told you last night i started a uh antidepressant and just happened to win the lottery on that one because it had a one in a thousand chance of causing breast development in males um and it it did, and I don't know if that started like throwing off hormones, hormone imba- hormonal imbalance too. Just having that, ex- like they did check my testosterone and said, "Oh, you're you're fine," and that's not really a thing that can't happen. But then I like pulled up the study and said, "Okay, well here it is," and they're like, "Yeah, that's not what you got." I'm like, "Okay, cool, whatever. You're wrong, but cool." Um, and that started to like kind of change the way I was thinking and. Like, I did begin to finally think, like, I think this is, I think I want to start, I want to transition. Like, I'm, like, I think that's something I want to do. And I was at the tail end of a relationship at that point. And, like, at one point she, like, flat out asked me, like, hey, do you think you want to transition? And I said, you know, I, I really do think I want to. And she was like, okay, that's cool, but, um... I'll support you with it, but I don't want to be with you. And I was like, oh, cool, thanks for the support. Um, But then that was also around the time I created a character on World of Warcraft. Um, And I'd always avoided creating female characters just because I didn't want anybody to draw too many parallels and start, you know, saying... Because like I said, they always said, okay, you need to slow down, you're doing too much. So Mm -hmm. I always feared that if I did too much they would get upset so i finally decided okay you know what i want to make a female character and just kind of live vicariously through world of warcraft you know in the gaming world right just kind of you know be able to be able to have that outlet to kind of express myself and one of my friends actually helped me name my character where she asked me she's like what's your favorite girl's name and I said Vanessa and she's like okay and I was like but I want something to be a part of my name too and she came up with Janessa and I was like oh that's a really pretty name I've never heard of that cool whatever and I created my character and as I started playing my character like it felt like instant like Harry Potter getting his wand and like the everything going perfect like that I knew, like, as soon as I started, like, yeah, this is, that's me. So then, fast forward a few months, I met Maddie, and, um, 
we hit it off like right away, but she lived in Florida, I lived in Louisiana, so it was long distance, but we just hit it off as best friends, like, instantly. Um, and, you know, I told her everything about me, and she was totally cool, you know, whatever, you, you are who you are, I love you for exactly who you are, I don't care. I almost actually moved down here to Florida at the fall of 2016, but... Um, just do some, I got asked to stay, um, so I stayed around, um, I spent a few months living at my grandparents' house, and I used that opportunity because they lived an hour away from where I worked, I actually used that opportunity to start working on doing my makeup and stuff, because I would park my car in a parking lot at night, do my makeup, and then drive home, because I knew it was like... 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night, they were going to be asleep, I would have no obstacles, I could, you know, be able to feel good about myself. Um, you would do your makeup before you started your commute, and then yeah. when you would get home, you would leave it on, because it was late. I, well, I would... I would take it off easily, just in case, like, somebody was up, but... Oh, okay. Just, I knew I wouldn't have to, like, worry about it. Like, sometimes I would go in with it. Like, if I could tell the house was dark and everybody was asleep and it didn't matter, I'd go in and I'd hang out for a little bit and make sure I took it off before I went to sleep. But... Right. right. Um, but these were your opportunities to try to be comfortable. Mm -hmm. I keep, I keep wanting to about. say that because it's... Because that's your... That was your... That was who you are. And... Mm -hmm. I can't imagine what that must feel like to have to just to and I know there's so many people who have to do this especially within the LGBT community who just have to duck and 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 function in the shadows in order to be themselves mm -hmm. you know and um, that's what you're doing that's what exactly what you're explaining right now you had an hour commute you had an hour to be yourself and so you took advantage of an of the of an hour in the dark. Mm -hmm. So you wouldn't be seen being yourself. Man, I'm sorry about that. But I said we're going to keep it light. So here we go. Please continue your story. I mean, that's, <laughs> you, that's met, you met you met your you met Maddie, and but yeah. but you couldn't you couldn't move to where she was at in Florida right away because right. you asked to stick around. Um, I stuck around for another year. Um, and then ended up in a situation where I was needing to move again and actually got the blessing to move down here. Like, everyone agreed that it was probably going to be a good idea. Like, I could start over. I could have more opportunities. Like, I, like I was working. I was doing delivery, like food delivery at one of the, it was on-the-go delivery, but it was like, you know, it's like Grubhub or whatever. You're putting, I was doing 300 plus miles a day on my car, just between driving back and forth to their house, plus all the deliveries I was doing. Um, and, I mean, you know, pay's not super great, but you what you gotta do to survive. Um, I tried selling cars for a little bit, which I sucked at, because I don't know anything about cars, but I couldn't find any other job that was different. Like, I just could not get anything going. And I'd waited tables, I'd done, you know, I was a valet for a while. Like, I just tried, I tried to find other jobs, but I just could never find anything. And so I was like, okay, well, maybe a change of pace would help. So I came down here, and that was in October of 2017. So I finally came down here and got a job right away, loved it. Was working at Target, selling phones. Um, great job I, I wasn't working full-time right away so I would um, have days to myself um, while Maddie was at work so I'd do my makeup and dress up and stuff and hang out and Maddie didn't care Maddie's like whatever like you know you do you be happy and I'd go meet her for lunch and stuff and I'd always take everything off because you know I wasn't gonna go be seen but there was just like this one day that like I did everything and it was just 
I really felt this urge to like, I wanted to, I wanted to go out really bad. So I texted her and I was like, hey, so I have a question and you can totally say no and it won't hurt my feelings at all, I promise, but um, I have a question. She's like, okay, what? I was like, so do you mind if maybe like I come and see you for lunch um, with everything on? Like, I won't get out of the car. I won't put myself in a situation to get seen. Like, we can hang out in the parking lot and just eat lunch. You can drive through the drive-through and I'll sit in the passenger seat and, you know. But I just, I really would like to come out. She's like, sure, go ahead. And oh my God, it was so exhilarating just to go out. And it was like the greatest feeling ever. And by the time she got out there, I just had this, like I could feel the big stupid grin on my face that did not go away. And I could feel like the twinkles in my eyes that would not go away. And just, it was the most empowering feeling ever. Like, I can't even really fully put good words to it. Like I cannot give it justice of the way it felt just to be out and to be me mm. out in the world. So million dollar question. How old were you? 34. Yeah. It took you 34, 34 years. It took you 34 years to be you, to feel like you could be you. 34 years. It's kind of a long time. Yeah. But just I can really only speak for me here but congratulations you did you did it <laughs> you did it you did it and ever since that day you've been out and feeling comfortable and I mean, it took a it took a few days of feeling comfortable I started wearing like neutral makeup to work until you know my supervisor at work was like Hey, why are you wearing makeup? And I'm just like, um, and I told her like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to be transitioning. And I was so, I was so scared, but she's like, okay, why are you scared to tell me that? And I was just like, uh, because I was, and then just gradually, once I got her permission, cause I didn't actually work with Target. I, we were third party vendors. So once I had her permission, then I really wasn't worried about anybody at Target saying anything. Plus, Target's a really um, LGBT-friendly company anyway, so I wasn't worried about them much anyway. But, so then I started wearing, like, a little bit more colorful makeup. And the store, we, we talked to the store about it. The store was super cool. We talked to our district manager. He was like, okay. Like, we asked him to come in and see us, but we wouldn't tell him why. And he he's like, you called me over here for that? Yeah. Really? Like... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Why would I care? Like, that's awesome. I'm proud of you. Right. That's great. And, like, so, it, I mean, it took a little bit of time to work up to where I felt comfortable. But once I reached that point, then it's like, okay, well, there's no going back. Like, right. I, I can't not go out, you know. I'm not going to sit there and flip-flop. I'm not going to sit there and... Right, right, yeah. Why would you want to take a step backwards? Mm-mm. It wouldn't make it wouldn't make any sense. No. How far, if you don't mind me asking, how far into this transition are you expecting to go? I mean, how? Because I mean, you could go full, like change. You could you could go all the way surgically, mm-hmm. uh, make surgical changes surgical alterations or whatever whatever you would call it modificate i don't know but you could go under the knife mm-hmm. and make this thing permanent in one way or you could go up to a point how far are you how far is far enough i guess that's the question for like, me personally uh-huh. and for me personally and it differs for every single person so i can't speak for anyone else because everyone everyone fills their own level of gender dysphoria um, gender dysphoria. Yeah. What is what that's, is that exactly? That's the feeling you get when you look in the mirror and feel like you're um, a different. You're a different gender. Like you're mm-hmm. in the wrong body. Okay. Um, 
they don't even really call it gender dysphoria anymore. Now it's called gender identity, um, gender identity, and they the DSM five they actually don't consider it a mental health disorder anymore either, which is something a lot of people get hung up on and say, oh, you're crazy. It's a mental health disorder. It's not anymore. It's just a um, medical condition. Um, they took away that mental health classification for it. Um, but everyone feels a certain level of gender dysphoria in the trans community. So some people feel the urge to go all the way and to feel comfortable. Me personally, I'm satisfied with where I am. I'm taking the hormones, which I mean, once you start hormones, you're, the changes that happen to your body are pretty well permanent. I could stop my hormones right now, and most of the stuff would not come back. Um, so I would never... injections and hormone treatments, I guess that's what it is, hormone treatments? I'm taking and, testosterone blockers, um, and I'm taking progesterone um, orally, and then I'm taking estrogen um, by shot. Okay. And you've seen your I guess this is this is to what take on more of a female figure. Mm -hmm. The hormones will give you it softens up your skin because females have softer skin. It reduces the body hair you have because males have a lot more body hair. Um, it will reduce your facial hair growth. It doesn't get rid of facial hair. Um, you have to do laser um, reduction surgery for that, but it limits the growth considerably. Um, it does fat redistribution, muscle redistribution um, into a more feminine form. And that's another thing that where everybody's getting up in air about this whole, you know, transgender people in athletics. After about a year of being on hormones, their body is pretty much set to the same way of the gender that they're going for. So. Hmm. If I went out and performed right now, I would my body makeup would be of that like a female. Like my fat, the fat is redistributed. My hips, my you know, that's so. There's no. But I mean, you also you somebody, mentioned muscle redistribution or something like yes, that. Yes, I've lost a lot of strength, just natural strength that I had before. Um, I can physically feel a difference in how I carry things. Like I can feel. Mm -hmm that difference and not to say that you know women are weaker than men but biologically women do not have as much muscle the upper body women. strength the upper body strength right. that's that's really the, the big one right there upper body strength and all that's gone like i lost i can tell a massive difference in right. my upper body strength compared to what it was before i started right um, um the hormones are just to basically recode your body into the other gender so that you right. get that presentation and your what you see in the mirror mirror will fit what you mm -hmm. see in your mind if that i guess if that if that is that did i say that right mm -hmm. what you what you okay. think in your what you see in your mind and what you see in the mirror will match right i mean like i could take all my makeup now and i go look in the mirror and it's i see a woman i don't see yeah. a man and if I mean, and you've known me long enough, you can look at a picture of back then and a picture of now, and it looks like two different people. I mean, there's some similarities, so it's never going to go away, but right. facial structure's changed. Um, I, I was just thinking that, too. I was just thinking that. You know, I remember I remember you when we were in active duty together, and today you just, you look very, very different. I think mm -hmm. you look very different. I mean, you resemble who you were then. You resemble who you were then, but who you are now could be the sister of who you were then, you know, if you were to put pictures side by side, you know, so, um, I don't know if that makes sense. I keep, I keep saying that, but it's because I'm so unfamiliar with the, with this terrain, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, I'll send you, I'll send you a picture from 2010 yeah. and a current picture and you can put them side by side and you can, yeah, you'll yeah. see like vast difference. Yeah. Um, but as far as surgery and stuff goes, I don't feel like I need to do the gender realignment surgery because a thank thankfully I don't have any dysphoria for that region of my body like mm -hmm. I'm comfortable with it as it stands and b the massive amount of medical upkeep that goes with it is just so large that I don't feel like it 
is necessary for me. Right. Like, I'm comfortable, so I don't feel a reason to do it. Right. So the only thing that I would actually want to do is um, the orectomy. If I, if I said that right, basically it's getting your testicles removed. And the only reason I even want to take that step is because um, Louisiana requires that to change your birth certificate. And of course, since I was born in Louisiana, my birth certificate will always live with Louisiana. Now in Florida, I can get my license and um, name changed just because I'm in transition. I don't need any surgeries. But to take that extra step, and that's something conservative states do to make it difficult, I have to have some form of surgery in order to, because, you know, the changes to my body aren't enough to right. warrant getting my birth And you're, you're okay with that? I mean, at this point, they're not functional anyway, oh. to be quite to be quite honest. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm on the testosterone blocker, so they aren't doing anything functional other than just they're there. Right. So medically, you know, they're not biologically, they're not functioning. Understood. Do you mind if I ask, uh, this is this is kind of going kind of long, so this might be a two-parter, but that's okay. I mean, I'm, I'm learning here. I hope you don't mind. I'm asking a lot of questions. Um, one, one kind of, uh, well, not kind of, a big... A piece of controversy within the general public are our public restrooms. How do you handle public restrooms? When I'm by myself, I try to go into the family bathrooms if there's one available. Just because I don't want the I don't want the potential you know risk of anything going on right um like around here locally i feel comfortable enough people like i don't live in a huge city i don't live in a small city but it's enough people around here have seen me to know that i exist and it's not as scary to go into the bathroom here like i just go do my business and leave because that's all i'm going to do i don't need to go i don't care to go do any of the stuff they think you're gonna go down in the bathroom right, right. use the bathroom um, now if we are out and about and Maddie's with me, she will go to the bathroom with me. It doesn't matter whether she's got to go or not. Like if she sees me even looking towards the bathroom, she's like, you got to go. Okay, let's go. And she'll get up and she will go in there, make sure the empty stall and then say, okay, let's go. And then I'll go in there and go to the bathroom. And if anybody were to say something, then she would shut that down right away. Mm -hmm. um, but it, I mean, it's... It's scary. Like it's it's frustrating and it's scary to think that just something as simple as going to the bathroom can turn into this ordeal and like I'm not trying to do anything with right. go to the bathroom. Simple right. biological function that we all have to do. But right. because some people are so melodramatic about things right. like they have to make it this this big ordeal and um i didn't get a chance to tell you this uh the other day but we were in the mall in Pensacola um a couple weeks ago i had a doctor appointment at the va and we stopped by the mall and their family bathroom was locked because of covid and like we were kind of standing outside the bathroom because there was so many people going in and out and kind of waiting for like a lull. And we stood there for like 20 minutes kind of waiting for that lull to happen and we had so many stairs and we were, I was just like, finally I was like, okay, let's go walk around because I feel so uncomfortable right now. I could go to the bathroom if I had to. But like, it was just so, I mean, they just knew. You could tell at that point they knew like, I'm just standing there like, and Eventually, we walked around and we went back, and I was like, I, I gotta go. Just go clear a spot because I gotta go. I don't care. If they're gonna say something, we'll just deal with it after. It's whatever. And thankfully, it was not an issue, but I mean, that's just the kind of day to day kind of thing that you deal with. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry you deal with that. I'm sorry you deal with that, and I hope that someday, you know, it'll get, it'll get better. It'll get easier. People will be a little bit more accepting and understanding that, uh, you're not the big boogeyman. You're not a boogeyman, you know? You're not a criminal. You're not a, you're not an evil person. Just trying, there's somebody trying to go to the damn bathroom. 
<laughs> Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Life before transition, you felt one way. Life now, how do you feel? I feel like a completely different person. Like, I feel like I'm happier than I've ever been. Um, emotionally, psychologically, I'm happier than I've ever been. Um, I feel comfortable with myself. I have self-confidence, something I never had before, ever. Like, I hated looking in the mirror. I hated taking pictures. I hated um, just, I did not like that outside appearance at all. Like, could not stand it. And you're friends with me on Facebook. I post pictures all the time because I feel comfortable and I'm happy with the way that I look. I'm, it's My self-confidence is higher than it's ever been in his in my entire life um i feel just a lot more positive about you know my body and my everything how so about the future like, how do you feel about the future feel positive about the future mm-hmm. good like i good you know i mean I, I have that worry of you know what's gonna happen with the government what's gonna happen with all that with all the stuff they're trying to do to devalue trans people um the bills they've been trying to pass and thankfully the supreme court struck one down but there's still so many that they're trying to do um, but personally like what's your personal outlook for the future you feel good mm-hmm. good good that's good well i'm happy for you then i'm happy Again. for you then i feel i'm i'm happy for you I'm, I'm I'm proud that you have found your space and that you are comfortable in your skin finally. So good for you. Good for you. It's possible. Mm-hmm. It's possible. Would you So, you know what? I am going to uh let's before we conclude this episode. I didn't prep you for this, but I like to ask people before we end an episode if there was a piece of advice, a piece of information, a nugget of some sort that you could pass along, it could be something completely unrelated to what we talked about today. But if there was one thing that you could pass along to someone, you've got an opportunity and an audience, what would that thing be? Always find a way to be true to yourself, even if it's going to cost you some things it's going to open the door for so many others be yourself be yourself it's going to take yeah I think I think you nailed it I think you said a mouthful and you said a lot by saying a little which is what you what we want in life it comes sometimes it comes at a cost and I you know, after what you explained today, you know, I, I can only I can only hope and I can pray that you're going to, um, you know, that things will smooth over in one area of your life. But as you have already mentioned, you're in a good place right now. Mm-hmm. And that's all anybody could ask for, you know, and, and that's all anybody should should want for you. And God bless you. That's what I say. <laughs> God bless you. All right. Well, this has been another episode of This Way Out. My guest today was Janessa Leatherwood. And I am so grateful that you were on my show and I, you gave you trusted me to be on this platform to tell your story. If you're watching on YouTube and you like what you saw, you want to see future episodes don't forget to click like subscribe comment share all those neat things that you say at these end at the at the end of these youtube episodes if you're listening on the podcast remember the podcast is available on oh don't forget to subscribe on the podcast but the podcast is available on spotify itunes iHeartRadio, Castbox, google play and on the this way out website this light.com once again thank you very much janessa for spending some time with me and telling your story i am very very grateful you folks out there take care god bless bye everyone
This has been the This Way Out Podcast, a part of the This Way Out Project. The This Way Out Podcast can be found on Google, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and CastBox. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to hear future episodes, please subscribe. If you would like to be a guest on the podcast, recommend future topics, provide feedback, or any other reason, you can comment on this episode or send me an email at thiswo.light at gmail.com. That's T-H-I-S-W-O dot L-I-G-H-T at gmail.com. If you're interested in the other aspects of the This Way Out project, be sure to visit my website at thiswo-light.com.